Welcome everybody to Bills Tonight. I'm Chris Brown, joined by Bills former center and analyst Eric Wood, who's going to join us now as the Bills fell victim to a barn burner of a game in the final seconds. Bills took the lead 30 to 26 as uh, it looked as though they were going to snatch a victory out of Arizona with just uh, 34 seconds left on the clock, Eric. But apparently it was too much time left on the clock for Kyler Murray, who they're probably calling the magician in Arizona right now. It was. It was a heck of a play. It was a heck of a throw to even get it to the end zone, being flushed out of the pocket to his left as a right-handed quarterback, resets his feet and heaves it up into the end zone. And DeAndre Hopkins is, you know, an unbelievable wide receiver, made a heck of a play. This kind of stuff happens. You have to shake it off if you're the Buffalo Bills, but man, that's going to be a long flight home. I've been there for heartbreaking losses when you're coming back from the West Coast, uh, the Western time zone, the Pacific time zone, and it's not a whole lot of fun. And it's got to be even doubly tough knowing this team has got to sit with this bitter taste in their mouth knowing they're headed to the bye week. Yeah, you're exactly right. And this bye comes at a bad time in regards to the heartbreaking loss, but it comes in a great time where the Bills can now get healthy, get rejuvenized. You had a COVID issue this week, which I'm sure we'll get to more about. And now you get to utilize the full quarantine, get everybody back and make a run at these final games. Well, when DeAndre Hopkins made that game-winning touchdown catch, he had three Bills defenders around him. One of them was Jordan Poyer, who had some big plays in this game earlier in the contest. Let's go to locker room now and hear what Jordan had to say about that final play. Can you just explain uh, just just what 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 the level of uh, disappointment is and and how what happened on that last play? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, extremely disappointed. Uh, you know, come down to, to one play in the end, and you know, just some way, somehow, we got to find a way to you know get that ball out of uh, D Hop's hands. It, it looks it. You know, I mean, there are three of you there. Uh, it looks like the, you know everybody. You know, it, it looked like you know you had Kyler on the run. Um, just uh, you know, just the the thought the the, the thought of of just seeing D Hop catch that pass. Yeah, I mean, I thought we guarded it pretty well. I mean, like you said, had three people around them. Uh, just got to find a way to make the play. Uh, it's really not a whole lot of anything else to say. Just got to find a way to to get that ball out of his hands some way, somehow. Thanks, Jordan. Hey, Jordan, it's John Scott. Um what about the defensive performance the rest of the game? Obviously, early on, a lot of limiting them to field goals. Did, did it feel like you guys were continuing the momentum you seem to have built the past few weeks? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, it's a good offense. They made some plays, but like you said, in the red zone, we were able to blow up and force them to kick a couple field goals, um, you know. And, but in the end, like I said, it comes down to the last play. Um, you know, you can have a good game all game, but that one play – you know, obviously we all went back, and um, so um, it's a tough one. We'll learn from it, um, but definitely is a tough one. And then a loss in general, but the way that this one ended, does it make having the bye week upcoming even more challenging, knowing this is what's going to have to be your lasting memory for, for more than just the traditional week? Yeah, but, you know, um, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to continue to stay hungry. You know, that one obviously stings, and so um, – you know, we're going to learn from 
learn from our mistakes from the game. And, you know, we're a hungry football team. We're a good football team. And like I said, that just came down to the last play and just us being able to, you know, find a way to get that ball out of his hands. Thanks, Jordan. Hey, Jordan, I kind of want to follow up on a little bit of what John Scott just asked you. Um, defensively, you know, I know it hasn't been up to what you guys would consider the standard for most of the season, but the last couple of games, it seems like you've got kind of the train going in the right direction. Did, did you see some stuff that you guys can build on again after on this one? I mean, just us being able to find ways to continue to take the football away. Um, I think you can continue to always build off of that. Um, you know, and one thing that we, we always harp on each week is winning the turnover battle. Uh, and I think that they were plus one today, so we didn't do that. So, um, you know, that comes back to us just finding ways to to get the football out, finding ways to take the ball away um, and create extra possessions for our offense. Um, you know, we find out that you're going to be short a couple of cornerbacks on the opposite side of Tredavious. Uh, what kind of job do you think Dane did obviously before he got injured? I mean, he looked like he was playing pretty good ball. Yeah. Dane's a good football player. He's a good cornerback. He's a good football player for our football team. So um, we have all the confidence in the world when Dane comes in the game. Thanks Jordan. All right. That's Jordan Poyer, four tackles on the day, including a big interception along with a couple of pass breakups. And really Eric, when you think about it, this defense, yes, it is still giving up yardage. It is still giving up points, but they were stingy in the red zone today, an area where the Cardinals excelled coming into this game. 75% conversion rate, good for fifth in the league, and they hold them to 2-4 to four today, you know, way below their average success rate. Yeah, in the first half, they did a really good job. I was ecstatic on the first possession watching Dane Jackson break up that ball one-on-one -on -one against DeAndre Hopkins for a rookie seventh-rounder. To, coming off the practice squad in that situation where he knew he was going to have a lot of eyes on him throughout this game because of the COVID story and then as well as just him replacing a starter and him not having action, he was going to get a lot of attention. So good for him making that play. Made a lot of plays in the game, too. Uh, was one of the leading tacklers before he left with an injury. But let's go back to the locker room now as we hear from Josh Allen, who looked like he staged a game-winning 12-play touchdown drive with 34 seconds remaining. Uh, Josh, thanks. Um, you got words to try to describe how this thing just, you know, just walk through what your mental, your whole take was on where it looks like it's a win and and – and, and it, you know, how, how do you how do you put it into uh, words? Yeah, obviously, losing's never fun. To lose like that, it's, uh, it's painful. It hurts. Um, you know, so you play 16 minutes of the game and uh, throughout the game, and I put the ball in harm's way too often. And, um, you know, it shouldn't have come down to, to one play. And, uh, you know, I'm, I take this very personally. And, um, you know, the two interceptions – can't happen. You can't expect to, to win after turning the ball over. And, um, you know, it, it sucks going into the bye week because it's going to be the only thing on our mind for the next uh, week and a half, two weeks. Um, but I think it's a it's also a good thing. It makes us hungry. Um, you know, there's you're not going to win every game. Um, but to lose this one, how we did, it hurts. But at the same time, it's uh, fueling a fire. Josh, uh, did, can you – as everything you said, obviously, you know, what you are accountable for as usual, but you did throw, that was a next level throw to, to Stefan to 
seemingly win it all. How are you, you're on the sideline after that now, in your mind, what level of confidence did you have that you got it done despite all what you overcame? Um, I, mean, I just, I, I have extreme amount of confidence in our defense and just tell them close the game out. And, you know, unfortunately it comes down to one play. Um, it's, it's the game of football. It happens. But like I said, um, if I do my job better throughout the game, it doesn't come down to that one play. Thank, thank you, Josh. Hey, Josh, Heather Prusak here. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit, but just how tough is it to, um, you know, you guys don't have a game next week to try to bounce back, and you've got to sit on this now during the bye week. Yeah, um, like I said, it's it's tough uh, having a week off and, and knowing, like, this is the last time you, you've played or you're going to play for the next week or two weeks, really. Um, but, you know, a lot of good things to learn from on this tape. You know, I think offensively, um, in that third quarter, we, we stalled a little bit, and we got to find ways to get going a little better. Um, too many punts. Um, like I said, two, two turnovers, and we can't do that. Um, that first half, we had a pretty good thing going, uh, moving the ball and, and putting some field goals up. And, again, that third quarter, um, late third quarter, early fourth quarter, we got to be better and, and find ways to move the ball, and, you know, that's on me. What is it about the third quarter of games? Because it seems like that's kind of been um... – you know, this team's Achilles heel, um, especially this season. Uh, I mean, if I knew, I think it'd be be better. But, uh, you know, it's just game plan adjustments that the defense is making. And, um, you know, we got to find ways to, to figure it out faster. And it's myself and, um, and going and talking with the, the quarterbacks and Coach Dorsey on the sideline and figure out what they're trying to do. So, um, you know, I can have a better sense of uh, what to do and how to get into our answers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I – Again, I I hate losing. I take things very personally. Um, you know, I, I could have been better for the, for the team tonight, and um, it couldn't have gotten. It shouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, it couldn't. The last play, like I said. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Hey, Josh. I was going to ask you. It's Adam Benini. Um, I was going to ask you about the uh, the third quarter situation, but since uh, Heather touched on that, I will ask you just kind of in general, looking back at kind of the the week that was, and, and you know, and how you were able to focus last week against Seattle uh, after the passing of your grandmother. Uh, I'm sure the very uplifting aspect of the fans contributing in the in the form of the donations. Um, I guess describe this week and maybe the the emotional roller coaster it had to be for you uh, heading into this game today. I mean, I, I didn't really let it bother me or affect me too much. There was a couple of interviews, couple of stories, um, but I felt pretty locked in and focused on the task at hand. We had a good week of practice, and uh, again, we had our opportunities throughout the game and um, shoulda, coulda, woulda, you know. And you you hate those types of games. Um, especially going into a bye week like this. Um, but again, I can't give two two turnovers uh, to the other team and expect to to win, you know. But um, it's just one of those games. They, they made one more play than we did. Hi, right, Josh. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, Josh. This is Jordan LaBarber with uh, Bills.com. Uh, Tyler Bass had maybe maybe a career day today. Um, what can you say about the way I guess he's improved and how much confidence do you have in him right now? I mean, we have an extreme amount of confidence, and um, he's got the leg, um, he got a you know, crazy big leg, and he's a young guy, and I know uh, early on things weren't going his way, but, you know, he's turned a, turned it around, and we all have faith in him, and 
Um, you know, yeah, I think two fifty plus field goals today, which is which is awesome, you know, for, for a rookie to go out there and do that and he's only gonna get better. So um it's extremely promising, you know, he's a he's a great dude on top of that, you know, the guys in the locker room love him and um, we got his back no matter what. Hey Josh, uh, Matt here. Uh, I came in late, so sorry if you if you touched on this already. But I was just wondering, you know, what did Arizona's defense do that you know kind of uh, what did they do well today against you from your perspective? I know you have to look at the tape, but you know it seemed like at times it was tough to move the ball. What did, what do you think they did well? I mean, I, I think they did a good job of disguising some things and bringing different types of pressures. Um, they got to me a couple times, and I got to be better uh, with. Uh, you know, finding out what they're doing and, and going out there and executing the play call. So, um, again, like you said, uh, we'll, we'll we'll watch the tape. I know we didn't uh, didn't get our rushing game going um, too much, and so that's something that we obviously would love to do. And uh, we'll look at it and we'll figure out what we can do to best move forward and um, go from there. Thanks, Josh. Hey, Josh, can you hear me? Yep, I got you. Uh, you mentioned it. This is obviously it stings even more going into the bye week. It, it kind of reminds me of, you know, you saying after the Houston game last year that the, the most frustrating part of that loss was not being able to immediately go out and make up for it the next week. Uh, I, I guess, how did you, how did you handle that long break in between games after that last major disappointment? And how can you apply that to what you do this bye week? Yeah, I mean, again, we're not going to, say the sky's falling. Um, you know, we had opportunities to win that game and, uh, we gotta, we gotta learn from this one, try to forget about it. And again, we, we got two weeks to, to prepare for our next opponent. So, um, that, that's what we gotta do. You know, we gotta watch this tomorrow. It's going to hurt. And we understand that, but we gotta do our best job of uh, putting it behind us and moving forward. Gotcha. And like you said, the run game struggled to get off the ground today. I guess no pun intended, but how, where does Cole Beasley come into play? Where do those short passes to Cole? coming to play when you're having a tough time running the ball? Um, I mean, I, I didn't, don't know what Cole's stats were, but, you know, I, he was awesome today. Um, he's very smart. He gets in the zones, and when they when they tend to bring pressure, he's kind of an outlet guy and just knows where to be and, and finds, like I said, finds zones. So um, I got to do a better job in, in, you know, ball placement and putting it on him. And like I said, too, too many times I put the ball in jeopardy today. And, um you know, they scored off of uh, one of the turnovers that gave them the lead, and um, and I can't do that. Gotcha. Ed. Thanks, man. Travel safe. Yeah. Thank you, Marcel. The quarterback press conference is presented by Energy Mark, the official energy supplier to the Buffalo Bills. All right, some interesting thoughts there, Eric from Josh Allen. Um, you know, you look at the way the game kind of ebbed and flowed, and the Bills, I thought, had really good control, as you mentioned, in the first half, and then it was just back and forth, and you kind of got that feeling like it was going to come down to who had the ball last. I think a lot of us just thought that 34 seconds wasn't going to be enough time uh, for, the, for the Cardinals to pull it out, but sure enough, they did. Yeah, you're right. The Bills got up two scores. And then we heard a number of the people ask on the call about the third quarter and the bills actually scored first in the third quarter. Yeah. They got, they, they scored first. They got a touchdown off of the fumble. And so 
they go in score and then the Cardinals rip off 17 unanswered in the third quarter. And there has been woes for the bills in the third quarter. When, when asking Sean McDermott about it, he'll generally say, well, we've won every other quarter. You're not going to win them all, but there seems to be some type of trend with the third quarter. It's been a bugaboo for the bills. They've now been outscored 76 to 30 in the third quarter this season, 17 to seven today, as you mentioned, and it kind of flipped the game on its ear and made it a nip and tuck battle uh, the rest of the way. Let's go back to the locker room, though, as the team's leading receiver, who had a fantastic day with key conversions all afternoon, Cole Beasley. Hey, Cole. Uh, Mike, Alana, it, I know it's sort of simple to say, but have you ever been involved in anything like this at the end of that game, sitting there thinking it's going to be over for you guys and then watching what happened? Uh, I have, but it was on, I was on the other end of it. Uh, Des Bryant made a play like that one time that won us the game. And, you know, with, with those type of players, um, you know, anything can happen when that ball's up in the air. And uh, he made it today. It's a hell of a catch. You know how good those guys are. You had Micah, Jordan Poyer, and Trey around them. Uh, is it, do you just have to, you know, you just said what a great play. Do you just have to tip your hat him? for going up there and basically selling the game from you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, this, I mean, what am I supposed to say? Like, I mean, um, you know, that's, that's kind of his calling card and what he's done over his career. Um, he makes big plays like that and, and, you know, acrobatic catches. And, you know, that's, that's just what he does. And, you know, um, anytime they throw it up and he's around it, you get nervous, and that's why. And and how about for you guys? Obviously, offensively, you know, after the struggles in the second half, Josh just, you made plays, a ton of Josh kept making them. He gets digs for touchdown. It, even though it ends in this crazy way, you got to make even more from this. Again, your offense needed to came through and made huge plays. Yeah, we, we came through, um, you know, when we needed the most at the end, but there was, um, a lot of plays earlier that, that got away from us. We got to take care of the football better. We gave them extra opportunities. Um, and if we play better in those uh, those two situations, you know, the game would probably be a different game. And then we, we had a million penalties as well, and that, that hurt us um, big time. All right, thank you. Yep. Hey, Cole, Dante Lasting, Bills.com. Can you hear me? Uh, how impressed was the sideline after Tyler Bass just hit the 54, the 55, and then the 58 yarders? Yeah, you know, I, I've been around a lot of kickers, and, you know, I've been around some good ones too. Um, there's some that, that overthink stuff sometimes, and I like him because, you know, he, he never does. He just goes out there and kicks the hell out of the ball, and, you know, I admire him for that. You know, hit or, uh, miss or make, he's going to – kick the hell out of it every time. And, and that's the way you got to be um, at any position. Um, so, you know, I, I just like his attitude and how he approaches it. Thank you. Have a safe flight home. Yep, thank you. Hey, Cole, Thad Brown. Um, can you talk about what Arizona was doing most of that second half before the last drive that just kind of had you guys struggling offensively a little bit? You know, they, they do a good job of just mixing it up and throwing a lot of different things at us and, and blitzing with different coverages behind it. And, you know, that, that makes it tough. Um, we got to do a better job of handling those. Um, but they, they did a really good job of mixing it up and never doing the same thing like the whole time. So, um, 
they did a great job. I know it probably didn't seem like a whole lot right now, but the, the third down catch you made on the start the last drive, the one-hander by the sideline, can you kind of take take me through that a little bit? Because it seemed like an amazing, an amazing a four-yard play, but a great, great catch. Um, you know, I just, we'd run that play a few times earlier, and, um, you know, I had broken in, uh, and they had guys kind of dropping out, so he couldn't get it to me. So on that one, I kind of just said, screw it. And the guy was outside leverage, and I broke out anyway. Um, Josh made a made a good throw where he couldn't get to it, um, and you know I just I just made a play on it. Um, but uh, we just got to do a better job early of making those plays and and not just do it at the end of the game. That's it. I know it, I know it hurts to be on the losing end of this, but this was this might be the game of the NFL regular season. Is there some I don't know soulless good feelings that come with being part of what looked like a high high level heavyweight matchup, even with the other guy got the last punch in? I mean, these are these are the games that you kind of dream about as a kid um, coming down on the wire and, and you know, you got to play, make plays down the stretch. Um, so I think both sides were, were in the moment and, and really enjoying that moment and, and really taking full advantage of it. And, you know, that's what makes a good football game and what makes this game so great. Um, just competitors on both sides competing, and you saw that tonight. Thanks, Cole. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Cole, you got me? Yeah. Hey, so – my only question is, does this loss kind of sting a little bit more knowing that you guys have the bye week next week and you, you kind of have to sit on this one? Uh, I think it stings more just of how, I mean, the way we lost. I mean, either way, whether whether it's a bye week later or we had a game next week, it still would have stung um, back. You hate you hate to ho- uh, lose like that. Um, that's, a, that's a tough way to go down with a, with a last-second touchdown. All right, thanks, Cole. Yep. All right, thanks, Cole. You're good to go. Thank you. All right, that's Cole Beasley. 11 catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown in a losing effort. But, man, that guy was so critical to keeping several of the drives alive for the Bills. Had the touchdown after that turnover as well. Um, You heard he got asked about it, Eric. That third and fourth catch, I mean, he was a 5'10 guy that turned into a 6'5 guy on that play. I didn't think he could climb the ladder like that. Yeah, you're exactly right. And he had four catches on the final drive. Two were for first downs that kept the drive alive. And um, just a phenomenal player. I've said it before. What a tight end usually is for a young quarterback or a running game, something that a young quarterback can rely on, that's Cole Beasley. There was a couple times in this game where Josh Allen recognized zone defense and just simply relied on Cole Beasley to find the zone. He knew he would get into that slot, and his eyes never shifted off of him throughout that play, and that just shows the trust that Josh Allen has in Cole Beasley. All right, time to head back to the locker room now. We join Micah Hyde, who had some several key stops on one of the last drives of the cards, the second-to-last drive that forced a punt. Uh, here he is, no doubt, being asked about that final play as he was right around D-Hop as well. Micah, can you just talk about the, the last play, what you're seeing? You know, and I mean, obviously the goal there is to knock it down, but just take us through the, the Hopkins touchdown and what, what you saw from your point of view. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, we were thinking one last play. Um, they had to go to the end zone down by, what were they down by four? Yeah. Um, we knew they had to go to the end zone. Um, we did a good job getting out of the pocket. From what I can remember, 
ball was in the air for like 10 minutes. Um, and we had we had 10 bracketed, all small sides. Um, he just went up in the air first. He got up in the air first, and, and I was trapped behind him. Um, and I, I think Poe and Davis were coming from the side and in front. We all went up for it, and he just beat us in the air. He timed it up perfectly. Um, I, you know, me personally, I was I was late getting in the air. Uh, I feel like I could have did better on that part. Um, even though I was trapped behind him, I feel like I could have could have timed up a little bit better. But uh, you know, that one hurts. That one hurts. What well, What is the emotional reaction when you look down and you see he has the ball in the end zone? You know, against, I mean, in a spot where he should not be having that ball. Um. My reaction is <laughs> pissed. What was, uh, how do you think the guys handled this? You know, you guys talk, always talk about this being a resilient group. This is a, a unique kind of gut punch loss. How how have you handled it so far in the locker room and, and how do you handle this going forward? You know, everybody in this locker room has faith in the next per the person next to them. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Um, you know, we wanted to get number eight before we got into the bye. That was important to us. Um, you know, we put a lot of work in this week. Um, for that, uh, we felt like we came here, we, we, you know, made enough plays to win the football game, just didn't make one more. And uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but I, I think this group, this group of guys, no matter what, you know, from the special teams to the to the offense and defense, you know, we rally around each other. So I'm not too worried about us, um, you know, feeling, feeling, this, uh, feeling this for the next couple of weeks. Thanks, Micah. Micah, John Morrill with the Associated Press. I know how difficult this loss feels, but Coach Sean McDermott has always talked about building off pain and, and having to have those scar, that's building, building up that scar tissue. How much do you think this, as much as you hate to admit it, how much do you think you, this team can, can build off something like this? Um, you know, coming off a loss like that, uh, it's hard to see the bright side right now. Um, you know, like I said, I know that this group of guys is, is resilient. We're going to rally around each other. Um, you know, I feel like the defense, you know, obviously we could have made more plays. Uh, I'm sure the offense is saying they could have made more plays and especially the same thing. So, um, you know, but it's hard to see the, 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 the light at the end of the tunnel with that after that game, you know, it's frustrating. Everybody's pissed. Um, you know, good football team's got to find a way to win that football game. You can't give up a Hail Mary to win, to win the game. Uh, Last time I was actually in the stadium, same thing happened. Uh, well, I was just on the other side um, with, with with Green Bay, um, so I kind of been on both sides of the uh, the spectrum here in Arizona, and uh, this one doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good coming off this uh, come off a loss. Um, Hail Mary to win the game. Uh, you know, we take pride in in getting that last play to to, to seal the game, and uh, you know, I feel like we've done that um, you know pretty well throughout the last how many ever years, uh, the, the years that we've been here, and it's unfortunate. Well, Eric, how about that? Micah Hyde recalling the last time he played in that building, he was on the other end of it. I believe that was a playoff game between Green Bay and Arizona when Aaron Rodgers chucked like a 60-yard bomb uh, into the end zone to win the football game. Today he is on the other side of it. I thought he had an interesting comment about the technique that D-Hop used on the play, namely get in the air first on a jump ball like that, and that enables you to get body position on the guys around you, right? Yeah, you would assume so. It's almost like a basketball play, and, I mean, the Bills were in a great position. You had 
a guy in front of him, a guy behind him, and Jordan Poyer coming in to pursue the ball. At first, I was worried that Poyer may have knocked off Tredavious White in front of him, but DeAndre Hopkins is taller and longer than the defenders he was up against. The fact that it was thrown perfectly is probably a 1 in 10 shot, maybe 1 in 20. And so, you know, it's one of those deals where these guys are going to be super mad in this moment, but they went on the road. They were undermanned. Um, They're dinged up. They battled through some adversity. They battled through some penalties. They battled through another third quarter, and they make winning plays at the end. And I think something that was fun for me to watch – all the way back home in Kentucky. And like I say, it being in that locker room right now is so tough, but watching two of the young quarterbacks and two of the stars of the league go toe to toe and make winning plays at the end. Yes. I'm upset for the Buffalo bills, but man, that was entertaining for sure. Yeah. And you know, why don't we go back to the drive prior to the game winning drive? I mean, a 12 play 73 yard drive. They overcome penalties, uh, Cole Beasley helps move the sticks. And then the throw from Josh to Stephon Diggs in the end zone. I mean, he made that thing look easy. That is, that is perfect ball placement. And, and it's not bad coverage even by Patrick Peterson. It's not bad coverage at all. And Patrick Peterson, at first I thought he must have thought the ball wasn't coming yet because he didn't even make a move towards the ball with his arms. Like, he didn't even try and swat it away. It was just perfect timing. Stephon Diggs ran a corner route, but he almost rounded it off. So there was no hesitation at all. Stephon Diggs, at this point of his career, maybe he's faster than Patrick Peterson. When Patrick Peterson came out of the draft, I remember playing against Patrick Peterson in 2000. 10, 11 ish. Um, how's that time out, Brownie? You probably know. 2012. 2012, you guys were out there for a whole week, San Fran and Arizona. So I remember we threw an interception to Patrick Peterson, and it was like punt coverage with that dude in the back end. He is so fast and athletic. I say all that. Stephon Diggs left him, you know, got the separation without a hard breaking route, without a double move. Great throw. Great catch, and that's a winning play. You know, you get beat by a very low percentage play at the end of the game. You'd have to think, you know, throughout the season, the Bills are 5-0 and heading into this game in one-score games. The Bills know how to win games. Should they be 6-0? and Is that what all of us Bills fans are thinking right now? Yes, but they're sitting at 5-1. and This Buffalo Bills team's team knows how to win close games. And 7-3 and three after 10 games played. Let's go to the locker room and hear from the head coach, Sean McDermott. Um, can you put into, I guess, words as best you can just from the emotion of, of watching it all unfold from that 34 seconds onward? Yeah, at the end of the day, they made a play, Vic. And, um, you know, as, a, as coaches, you sit here and, and you think immediately go to what could we have done differently? Um, at the end of the day, they had two special players that made a special play. Um, it looked like a couple of your special players delivered, certainly at that 34-second mark with Josh throwing to Stefan. So when you see that as a coach, and again, I know you're processing other things and, and aware that the game isn't over, but what are, you, what are your thoughts then? And, and you saw this amazing thing. It looked like a win was in place. It, where, where were your 
Where were your thoughts? Uh, listen, this is the NFL, Vic. You've been around the NFL. The, the game's not over until it's over. It's a, uh, another reminder of it, you know, in this game right here. So he, especially when you know what type of players they got on their side with Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald. And they got they got long, big receivers, and, and he made a play. He, uh, Hopkins makes an incredible catch, but is there any more – I know the answer is an obvious yes because uh, because he makes the catch. But in your mind, three defenders uh, and him coming down with it. As you think back to how it was set up and all of that, was there anything that you think could have been different other than the outcome of the play in how it was defended, or could you have done any better than that? I mean, yeah, of course. I, I mean, I mean, what do you no, I, honestly I, think? Like, could I have done any better? Of course, I could have done better. You, I meant, I meant in terms of the okay. That, that's what I was. Yeah, I was I mean, there's always that's that's why I said what I said that when I came in here, the very first question I said, you're always as a coach, you always think about what we could could have done differently. Right? That's the very first thing I said. What what could I have done differently? What could we have done differently? Right? You ask the players the same questions. I'm, I'm we got great guys in this locker room. They're saying the same thing. Knock the ball down. We can't be interception minded in that situation. Knock the ball down. Right. So at the end of the day, give them the credit. They made a special play. Thank you, Sean. Hey, Sean, Adam Benini. Um, I guess to follow on Vic, is that is that just a fundamental breakdown there in terms of how the play was defended then and how it was actually executed by those defending that pass? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, we had three guys there, Adam. Uh, when I looked over, we had three guys. I haven't seen the video of it yet or anything like that, but we had three guys there. We got a Number one, you don't want the quarterback to be able to extend the play like that. Number one, stating the obvious. Um, I thought we had him on the run a little bit there, and, and we had him towards his sideline, and, and uh, looked like we had a rusher fall down, and and then uh, another guy coming as he unloaded it. You know, so um, you know you always think about what, what we could have done differently. I, again, like I said to Vic, uh, that's the first thing we do, first thing I do, and uh, and so. My, my only other follow-up is uh, you had a timeout. You called timeout, I think, with 11 seconds left. Can you tell me the reasoning behind that, what the message was you tried to send to your team? And I guess in hindsight, did that allow them to maybe set something up? Well, that's a question for them about scheming something up. At the end of the day, I don't know what scheme. I mean, listen, they made a play. They threw the ball on the run, um, you know, and they made a play. So... Uh, we had timeouts to burn. I was trying to get our rushers a rest and our players a rest and make sure they understood the situation um, and, and take a look at their formation at the same time. And so we try, we try and do that to gather as much information as we can prior to a critical play or in that situation uh, the last play. All right. Thank you, Sean. Sure. Hey, Sean, uh, just kind of big, big picture question for you. Um, just how tough is it now to that you guys don't have a game next week to to be able to bounce back from this right away, and you have to sit on this feeling now into the bye week for two weeks? Yeah, it hurts. It definitely hurts, Heather. Uh, I know it hurts uh, everyone in our locker room, myself included. It hurts bad. Um, but at the end of the day, that game should have never come down to one play, and that's that's where you look at it. Certainly, again, give them the credit. They made the play, the special play they had to make to win the game and beat us. Uh, that game should not have come down to that play. And uh, unfortunately, it did. So we, uh, you know, we take our lump, we live by it, and uh, we learn from it. And 
and uh, it's got to drive you harder, man. It's got it's got to drive it's got to drive us all harder to want even more. I asked Josh this, and he he's like, man, if I if I knew the answer, you know, basically like that'd be great. But what is it about third quarters of games that seem to be this team's Achilles heel, where there's you know, I don't, I don't know if lapse in play is the right word, but it just seems like third quarters, things start to really slow down. I mean, can you pinpoint anything as to why that yeah. might happen? I'm aware of it, Heather. I am aware of it. I, I think that's a, that's a study for the, uh, for the off week coming up here and the bye week to, to really uh, dive down and into that and look into it and, and make sure we uh, are doing everything we can to, uh, to uh, make sure that, that gets better. Okay. Thanks, John. Yes, Sean. Good evening, uh, Coach McDermott, George Radney, Challenger Community News. Hey, look, a time in the day, but I'm wondering, how was your assessment of the defense? Look like the defense with the adjustments Leslie Frazier made in the second half. It really, you, you really kind of controlled Kyler Murray the best you could. He really wasn't escaping for those large runs like he was doing uh, earlier in the game. Yeah, I thought they did. I thought uh, they did some good things. We did some good things on defense. Uh, they had a, a couple drives there. One drive in particular where they were getting the quarterback uh, on the pull, the quarterback uh, read option play working on us, and we came back, made some adjustments to your to your point, and and uh, we were getting the ball back to our offense. We just didn't. At the end of the day, again, it came down to a one score game, and and uh, should never have come out of that. And how would you assess Dane Jackson as a rookie playing? It seemed like when he left the game, it seemed like you you, you kind of felt a little drop off. Uh, shortly once he, for, for that short period of when he uh, was injured. How would you assess his play so far in the games that he's been in? Yeah, you know, I think Dane's done a nice job. I know he had the fumble recovery there on Taron Johnson's uh, forced fumble in the, uh, early in the third quarter, second half there. So uh, without looking at the film and, and whatnot with Dane, uh, I think he looked like uh, Hopkins was over there a little bit and early in the game and Dane was, held, you know, he definitely held his own at, at times. And um, so I think he's, I think he's off to a good start. Hey, do you think that the guys in the locker room will believe you when you tell them late in the game, hey, this game's not over, guys. We got, hey, let's everybody be on our t toes and make sure we... we yeah, we, we, yeah we, were, we, we were talking about that. So we were talking about it. And again, when you got a player like Kyler Murray over there and the receivers that they have, you got to you gotta expect it. And that's the way the NFL is. It always is coming down. Every game goes down to the fourth quarter or last play of the game. It certainly does. Hey, thanks a lot, Coach. And uh, hey, take care. Safe trip back. All right. Thank you, sir. Hi, Sean. Um, when they get the ball back there on that that drive, what's the balance as a defense between, you know, not letting guys get behind you, um, but also wanting to continue to to be aggressive with what was working, you know, to for them to get those, you know, yards to get into the position to even make that throw? Yeah, it's a, it's a delicate balance, Matt. Um, and I would just say, you know, you always look at it back, look back and say, hey, um, obviously we didn't make we just need to make one more play, you know, so you don't want to, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're defending a field goal, maybe a little bit different mindset there, you're defending a touchdown, you know, the ball's thrown from right around, I think midfield into the end zone, um, you know, usually you like your chances, but again, they made the play. So give them the credit. I know you guys practice pretty much every situation, especially those end of game situations. What are kind of the, the teaching points and is there thought, I guess, to, to put in like a big, big, tall guy on the field to, to win those jump ball situations. I know that some teams will, will throw a guy back there like that. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different approaches. Um, 
you know, the challenge a little bit is 11 seconds on the clock. Technically, it's not the last play of the game, albeit it ended up being the last play of the game today. Uh, but if the, you know, if the clock's a little bit lower there, you know, seven seconds in particular, you're thinking for sure last play of the game with 11 seconds to go. Uh, there's a chance that it's not the last play of the game uh, if they get out of bounds on, on the next catch, obviously. So um, that that then affects personnel and substitutions and whether you want to put a a tall person out there uh, or whomever. Thanks, Sean. Sure. Hey, Sean, obviously it's it, it's tough if you just are looking at, at the total yards uh, allowed, but over the past two weeks, would you say – that this defense is starting to round back back into form is I mean outside of that third quarter it did seem like more or less kept Arizona in front of you yeah I thought we did some good things Marcel um, you know we got the takeaways we forced field goals it's a good offense I think that over the last four weeks the number one offense in the league so you know um, just didn't just didn't get enough you know at the end of the day we got, we got to make one more play all right thanks Sean Uh, Sean, I know that these feel like, you know, sticking fingers in, in wounds that haven't even healed yet, let alone, you know, picking scabs uh, when we ask these questions. But let me, I, I want to ask you this respectfully because I know oh, I you love. Sorry, I, no, no, I no. Can no. Take it. I, can I, I know you can't, but I'm actually going to maybe surprise you. And I, I, I might surprise you here. Uh, I know you love your players. And we get to see a lot of times your post game speeches anyway the team will put them out there and, and we get to see them can you tell us what you told your players because rather than what we are asking you what did you want to go in that locker room and tell your guys after this game I think it was just uh pretty pretty straightforward that this it hurts I know it hurts um it hurts us all if it doesn't hurt um and something's wrong with you right we, we work hard we work our butts off man and and uh, you never want to go down. You never want to go down uh, on the last play of the game. And uh, I just said, we got to learn from it. And it's that feeling that's got to make us, it's got to drive us harder to want it even more uh, when we come back off the bye week. What can you say without putting words in their mouths? Because you don't know. But what did you feel in that room? What did you feel coming back from them in this? Yeah, they're disappointed. Uh, very disappointed. I mean, whether it's me sitting in front of you on the camera now or you could take pick anyone of of, uh, of our team from the locker room. It'd be the same. It'd be the same feeling, and that's what I love about our guys, man. They're, they're, it, this means something to them. Um, it means something to win. It hurts them when we lose. Um, they put in the time, as do as do the coaches and, and the whole the whole building. So, um, listen, we've changed this place right for the better. It's a shame when these things happen the way they do. And all I can tell you is um, that I got a bunch of tough, tough guys in this locker room and gals that we're going to come back and we're going to come back stronger. All right. Thanks, Sean. Hey, Sean, I just have one more question since this is the first time we've talked to you since it happened. Just, um, you know, how tough is it when, you know, this is the second time now where you guys are getting ready uh, for a game and then you have a player test positive and then you, you know, especially when it hits your secondary going against a receiving core, like what you did today, just, uh, just how, how tough was that to get that news yesterday about Josh? Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, it's unfortunate anytime someone uh, tests positive um, and, you know, the guys that were 
apparently exposed, uh, couldn't make the trip either. And, uh, but listen, no excuses, no explanations. Uh, we got to get the job done. And, and I, I'm proud of the guy, the way that the guys, they didn't blink, um, you know, to, to be told basically within an hour before we took off that three or four more guys were also going to not be able to make the trip. That's hard, man. And, and so uh, I really appreciate the mental toughness of our, our group here. Thanks. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Sean McDermott's press conference is presented by Hunt, the official real estate and relocation company of the Buffalo Bills. All right, that was head coach Sean McDermott there, Eric. And why do I have the sense that we should believe him when he says we're going to come back stronger from this, uh, lick our wounds, learn in the bye week, and then come back a stronger team? Yeah, it's definitely going to fuel their fire. I mean, it's like I mentioned early in the show, it's going to be a long plane ride home. And it's 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 great to have the bye week right now. It's a great, you know, it's been a long stretch up until this point, 10 games without a week off, dealing with all the new routines with COVID and all that the Bills have handled so far this season. They're happy to have the bye week, but they don't want this taste in their mouth for two weeks. And this is not a traditional bye week. This isn't everybody go home to your hometowns. This right. is COVID tests every day in Buffalo. So they are going to be working this entire time. Their, their fire will be fueled by the time they take the field next. One last thing I wanted to squeeze in with you, Eric, that I found interesting. We know that uh, Mitch Morse was at a concussion protocol this week and did practice fully. But uh, they choose to go with John Feliciano at center today, Ike Butker at left guard. Do you think that's a byproduct of them saying, hey, let's let Morse rest, rest up, not risk him getting another concussion that's not far removed from the initial one just two weeks ago? Because by the time we get past the bye and come back to play, it'll be almost a month removed from that concussion. I think you're exactly right. I think they had him out there today in uniform just in case they needed him. And you saw last week that the Bills were dangerously close to putting Lee Smith in a in an O-lineman's jersey, which he would kind of fit the part. He wouldn't look that different from an <laughs> offensive lineman if he did it. And I say that because he's a close friend of mine and I can, I, can, I can make fun of his weight. It's all good. But I say that Mitch Morse, you cannot play around with these head injuries. And whether Mitch Moore, if he gets another one, if he had another issue today with it, that could come, that, that doesn't even mean Mitch Morse came to the sideline and said, hey, I'm feeling woozy, whatever. Someone could pull him from the game, a third-party evaluator, and at that point, if, you, if you're concussion-prone and they get you out, I mean, it could be a long, long time before the Bills saw Mitch Morse. Now you give him three weeks removed from the concussion, and, and you made a great point, Chris. Now you likely get him, hopefully, for the rest of the year. Yeah, and the Bills will certainly be licking their wounds. They lost a couple of more players today. Dane Jackson to the knee injury. John Brown suffers an ankle injury late when his leg bends awkwardly after making a first down reception. Uh, they are going to be welcoming this bye week with open arms for sure. Eric, thanks for all the insight and analysis. We appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. All right, that's Eric Wood, and that'll do it for us here on Bills Tonight. Thanks for watching. We'll see you after the bye week, everybody.